0: Welcome to IdeaGen TV. Today, I am ecstatic to have with us Dr. Lana Feng from Huma AI. Dr. Feng, welcome.
1: Thank you, George. Glad to be here.
0: You know, it's such an exciting time for many reasons, but especially with all of the advances in technology, and specifically AI. And so you're the CEO and founder of Huma AI, and you have already have this incredible experience in biotech and biopharma, and I'd love if you could share for our global audience what initially sparked your interest in biotech and data science, and then how you translated this passion, this collective passion, into co-founding Huma.ai.
1: Thank you, George. That's such a great question. So I want to start from um, sort of, I came from a family of physicians and my parents always wanted me to kind of follow their career paths and go to med school and become a physician. Of course, being the young self, um, I wanted to do stuff at scale. So I said, no, I actually wanted to go to um, grad school and develop um, new medicine to save um, many patients, not just treating patients one at a time. So that kind of defined my career path. And, um, you know, went to grad school, got a PhD and then did my postdoc at UCSD and really went right into um, the biotech industry. And I spent over 20 years in um, precision medicine very much saying, can we give the right patient the right drug at the right time? So at the, uh, at the time when this precision medicine, medicine just started, it was quite revolutionary. So um, I was hired to uh, build a pharma business at a company called Genoptics, really had great time and grew that business from zero to $45 million in less than five years. And then when Novartis knocked on the door, they ended up buying the entire company for over half a billion dollars. So that's kind of my journey into global pharma. And then the sort of the genesis of human AI really started then because um, all of a sudden, you know, we were kind of conducting hundreds of clinical trials. And the problem with data just exponentially increased. Um, just to give you an example, there's a deluge of um, healthcare data, right? Uh, healthcare and life sciences. But um, the problem is that um, 80% of the healthcare data we work with um, is unstructured, meaning there are documents, there are um, even free text columns in a tabular data set. So the status quo is an expert like myself actually manually curating this data you can imagine is labor-intensive and it's error-prone. And more importantly, when you're trying to get insights across the different data sources, it becomes impossible. So leaving many kind of mission-critical questions unanswered. And that's really the reason why uh, me and my co-founder um, Basic, founded Human AI, is that can we use um, artificial intelligence, more importantly, uh, natural language processing to automate this process? Right. And based on our return on investment, we can shorten that process from, let's say, um, days, weeks, sometimes months to minutes, really accelerate that process of bringing new medicine to market and saving millions of lives. That really kind of goes to the core of um, our being, if you will. Even our name, human AI is humans plus machines, where humans always come first. Really taking this expert in the loop approach. Can we push... AI to be more transparent, more accurate, and and more secure. So um, coming onto the generative AI space, um, I'm giving you the background is that um, we were actually building our own models and at the time in 2022, actually, and we got introduced into OpenAI and the rest was history, I'd like to call this, because their models were, large language models were so much better. That's kind of our transition from An NLP AI company for life sciences into a generative AI company.
0: You know that's profound, and it's incredible. I would go as far as saying it's just profound to hear about your journey and your vision, Dr. Fang, of wanting to help multitudes of people, help the masses. And thank you for the commitment by not only you but by the giants on the shoulders of which you stand on, your family your parents who helped you and guided you. And then you, your leadership now, taking what they presented to you as opportunities in healthcare to take it to the next level. Now with Huma.ai, it's just incredible. And so reflecting on your career, this incredible career, it's just getting started i know you're just getting started in your career before and after the foundation of AI, could you provide a brief overview of additional vantage points and these key experiences especially that helped shape this path
1: that's a really interesting question now i'm thinking back to before and after right let me talk about after maybe because because the, the experience is actually quite stark because before I was at Novartis, that was one of the biggest pharma companies. Right. It's very much a lot of kind of process and siloed, And we used to joke like there are nine people have the same with the same title at Novartis. <laughs> so um, so like um, and since founding human AI, you know, being a um, tech startup, it's quite different. Right. If you think about global pharma, It's very much about managing risk, it's risk adverse. Um, So that's why it's so difficult to do innovation at these large companies. But as a head of a tech startup, we're very much this fail fast. We actually embrace failure, right? If we experiment something for six months and then fail, that's not acceptable. But if we uh, take an agile approach and quickly iterate and fail within two to three weeks, that's actually great because that means like you can kind of iterate and trying to find the right path and get there a lot faster.
0: That's right. And so as a leader in the tech industry, you are that leader helping to shape the vision and the impact of the industry. What challenges, Dr. Feng, have you faced I know there probably have been a few, and how have they then influenced your approach to this critical, vital leadership and innovation?
1: Okay, I want to approach this from kind of the vertical we, we focus on first, and then the Gen AI industry, the the space we're in, and also as a kind of a tech startup. I'm going to answer this in kind of three folds, if you will. So, um, our mission has always been. You know accelerate um, the development of life-saving drugs. So that is our mission that's also our guiding light that's our North star. So if we were in an AI space AI, AI industry so we're not any like an e-commerce and what have you. so therefore having that patient-centric approach that requires for example, the, the the answers we get has to be have to be accurate right and it cannot be black box AI. So it has to be transparent. There's a lot of kind of responsible AI, the guardrails that require us to kind of operate with that light. So that's why um, experts in the loop are so important that allow us to build a system around large language models, uh, generative AI models, not just gen AI models alone, to provide that accuracy, that high 90 accuracy, and provide citations for every single generative insights so that the experts, our end users can verify. So it's very much we take that trust but verify approach to AI. That's the first thing, right? And second thing is that because of this verticalization, we have to really take the technology and then make sure like we're serving our customers in the right way. So we're a big proponent of responsible AI, or big proponent for guardrails. So and lastly is I mean in terms of operating a startup in this realm, like things are moving so quickly, right? Every week there are um, new things coming out. So it's really kind of difficult to keep up, if you will. <laughs> so um, it's very much kind of innovating at the lightest uh, at the speed of light. So it's um it's invigorating and also it's really um it's interesting. We definitely live in interesting times.
0: I love that analogy, innovating at speed of lights. And for those in our global audience, the millions of people that will watch this interview, who may not be very familiar with what you're doing at Humo.ai and what sets it apart specifically in the field of biotech and artificial intelligence, what would you tell them? How would you describe this to our audience?
1: Okay, so um, one of the biggest challenge within kind of, we call them life sciences, right? These are the pharma companies, the biotech companies, medical device, or even diagnostic companies, right? People developing like, for example, COVID-19 tests. This is a industry, if you think about healthcare in general, you have sort of the the, the provider side, right? Those are the hospitals and physicians. And then you have the payer side, those are the insurance companies, you have patients, right? And then on the sort of the, the fourth pillar, if you will, within this healthcare ecosystem, Um, is the life sciences companies who are kind of innovating, bringing new life-saving drugs to market, right? Like COVID um, vaccine, for example. So so that's kind of the the customer base that we're working with, right? We're providing um, uh, solutions for that. So the challenge for the life science industry is that um, it takes 10 years and $2.6 billion on average to bring a new medicine to market. And why is it so costly? Why is it taking so long? And part of the reason is because this massive amount of data that are trapped in different silos and they're also mostly text. So um, we mostly rely on the experts reading the scientific publications, reading the insights, and then trying to kind of manually making those connections. So what we've done and we're seeing really nice traction is that we can use AI and more importantly now, Gen AI to be able to kind of um, not only process massive amounts, could be millions of scientific publications and give you that insight. Now you can actually create those kind of what is trending, what is in the future, that higher level um, intelligence out of um, hundreds or thousands of relevant publications. That's really the difference. That means like you can get that answer very quickly. We really kind of free experts up from the mundane tasks to can focus on their jobs?
0: Well, I was seeing that on every level with respect to artificial intelligence and the ability to accelerate time, the ability to accelerate efficiency. Every day, it seems like I'm reading an article or seeing something on television that says, we're accelerating research, we're accelerating potential treatments we're accelerating all of the above, and that's just in healthcare. And within healthcare, as we're discussing, what an incredible array of opportunities that we see in front of us. And so, as we look at the primary objectives you had in mind, I'd love to get into this with you, but in terms of the primary objectives that you had in mind when you were founding, when you were thinking about the creation of Humor about AI. what and how have these now evolved? What based on your original premise of the direction you want to go?
1: Our original premise um, has always been: can we accelerate development of um, life-saving medicines? So, and we through we 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 try to achieve that through automation and data curation, right? So now with um, Gen AI, AI, and in particular Gen AI, we're seeing just transformative change. Right. The, these large language models can be applied to so many different touch points, different departments, different use cases that it's truly really stunning. right. So one of the examples is that you know if you think about um, sort of a drug development cycle, you have the discovery that's where AI is heavily used to use machine to kind of uh, sift through all these potential candidates, come up with a drug so that we can go through animal studies, go to clinical trials and getting approval. So that is a huge um, uh, area where AI is applied. And another area AI can app- can be applied in clinical trials. So according to McKinsey, if Gen AI is applied in just the feasibility part of clinical trial, just that one little piece could accelerate the uh, drug development pro- approval process by two to three years. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it's, it's really astounding, yeah
0: i mean if you just put that into context accelerate that by the approval process by two to three years that just changes the game and there's real lives at stake here so the sooner that happens potentially the better and that's where i believe folks like yourself and i can see the enthusiasm in this conversation dr fang it's real and it's palpable and it's profound so as we're looking at this, and we're looking at milestones, achievements, where and how are you measuring those at humo.ai, and what specifically are you proud of, most proud of perhaps, and what impact have they already had on your field?
1: Mm. (laughs) That is such such a good question and such a tough question. I think um, what we are really proud of is that um, we actually started this, very, this journey very, very early on, right? If you think about, you know, um, OpenAI launched um, ChatGPT a little over a year ago. That was the time we actually deployed a validated generative AI platform to multiple of our farmer clients. Really kind of, we started this very, very early on. That's the first thing. And secondly, we really pushed the capability to this vertical, where accuracy and transparency are paramount. If you want to think about generative AI uh, adoption, right? Healthcare and life sciences. So our scientific and the systematic approach, can we put um, our traditional um, AI plus generative AI and plus more importantly, expert in the loop to be able to provide this kind of combined solution, if you will, is um, at the time was very innovative, right? We were doing, this um, um, augmented retrieval um, generation way before everyone was doing that. So we're very proud that we're pushing the kind of the, where the field is going. And then in fact, um, our approach has been validated, has been actually um, given a, a huge um, endorsement by Gartner. And um, we have been named as a um, genitive AI vendor in over 26 of their hype cycle reports, including those um, for like AI, for emerging technology and life sciences, along with Microsoft and Google and OpenAI, being a small startup as human AI. So that's quite the recognition.
0: Well, that that says it all. That says it all. And I wanna congratulate you on the trajectory. And again, going back to your vision, your enthusiasm and your leadership to take this forward. And so as we look, at the integration, this critical integration of AI within healthcare, clearly it can be both promising and challenging based on everything that we see and especially the data sets and all the areas that we talked about. What are some, some of the ethical considerations and hurdles that you, have either encountered or anticipate to encounter as you navigate your work at humor.ai?
1: Oh, there are so many potential ethical considerations, right? You know, not just about misinformation, right? You know, you saw OpenAI uh, released uh, uh, Sora on the sort of text-to-video conversion. That was just really mind-boggling, right? My first reaction would be like, What's going to happen to the creatives, right? Hollywood and and what have you? So so there's a real concern of kind of the uh, the displacement. Are we going to like take away jobs? I think that's probably the, one of the the biggest um, challenge, right? In addition to st- the data governance, AI governance, and AI responsible AI, all those considerations. And second thing, I think it really adoption it boils down to the human factors. Right. I talked about, am I going to lose my job? That's a really big concern. And secondly, is change management. I've been doing something the same way for the past 10 years. Right now, this new AI thing coming along. Right. Um, I'm going to do something different. But I think the good news is that, you know, um, Gen. AI, particularly the launch of ChatGPT, is really about democratizing um, intelligence and insight, democratizing data analysis, right? Just type in the question, be able to get those really valuable insights and, and, and answers. And that's quite, I think that's probably the one of the transformative piece. And the secondly, is about customization, about personalization. When we're talking about healthcare and life sciences, being able to kind of customize that patient experience, even to fee, in the future, customized treatment are very, very exciting to me.
0: And so, I just, I'm speechless because there's so much here that, we're, that I'm trying to unpack. And so going even beyond, going beyond human what other projects or initiatives, Dr. Fang, are you currently working on that you would like to share with our global audience? And if you could kindly share those particularly that align with IdeaGen Global's mission of sustainable development, and the global collaboration, we really appreciate it. And I know, and I know that our global audience will be excited to hear this from you as well.
1: I think maybe at the higher level, right? Being able to automate a lot of this mundane task so that, you know, experts or, or people who, who in their jobs being able to more focus on the, the higher value to more focus on the jobs rather than task, right? I think in essence, that it's going to be to transformation, not just for healthcare and life sciences. it's gonna be across the board. It's very much kind of a horizontal benefit. And another thing that really clear uh, and, and near and dear to my heart is this diversity and equity in, in healthcare, more importantly, for life sciences in um, clinical trials, right? How do we make sure that our clinical trials actually represent the general population? Can we somehow, you know, use data to be able to uncover to find those um, um, disadvantaged populations so we can include them in our clinical studies so that the drugs we're developing, right, or put to market, actually represent the patient population that are in the real world?
0: Absolutely incredible, and so. Dr. Lana Feng, CEO and founder of Huma.ai, you've left us speechless with your profound innovation, your leadership and the impact that you're making at Huma.ai. What would be your call to action for our global audience and how can folks find find out more about your just breathtaking work at Huma.ai?
1: You can go to our website, uh, um, uh, www.huma.ai to get an idea of what we do. But I think my call to action is really um, under a lot of like negative um, generative AI. There's real concerns as well, right? It can be misused and what have you. I would like to call everyone in this industry to band together. Let's make sure it's um, put to good use because it's transformative technology. Let's make sure like we can harness this and really benefit the humankind.
0: Dr. Lana Fang, CEO and founder of Huma.ai. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your impact. And thank you so very much for all you're doing to change the world.
1: Thank you so much, George, for this opportunity to share my thoughts on our experiences.
0: You're so very welcome. It's our honor.